Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome once again to another episode of the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul, and I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. And let's just get straight into it. Let's discuss the thing that everyone's talking about. Is it orange and black, or is it blue and yellow? I think it's turquoise and amber. So it's Hull City. No, no. Nah. Uh, turquoise no, and no. amber, that's a new amber herd. I like it. In fact, I really like it. In fact, you've pre-ordered every piece of it, and you'll be wearing it imminently. Well, I was thinking of putting this forward as um, as our staff uniform, to be honest, for these calls. Yeah, great shout. Well, it was last year. You just never bought it. Yeah, that's true. I'm a tight ass. But the one thing putting me off, though, is I saw um, one of the Man United players wearing a, ve- a scum player wearing a very similar coloured training top. I like the fact that there are people who listen to this podcast who've cooked contacted me to have issues with the use of the word scum and they know who they are right you just corrected yourself for saying man united <laughs> did it the other way exactly i felt i felt bad for not calling them scum <laughs> right so uh well, few things have gone on this week let's start light-hearted let's talk about the return it's now called pre-season testing Mm. What you, the down at Leeds Beckett at the uh, I mean they've spent a lot of money at Leeds Beckett so we might as well go there rather than Thorpe Arch to be fair they've got a running track on the roof nice yeah clever there's only been snippets a few pictures we could see who was there who wasn't there they say apparently Wales are not an international team because Tyler Roberts has turned up anyway thought he's off to Cardiff but 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 Dan James is on holiday in Benidorm because I saw him on Twitter looking pasty as flip <laughs> with some guy on holiday. So uh, it's confusing messages coming out of the club, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was just laughing about that one where, uh, was it Rocco's told that he could turn up later and he had to remind uh, Orta that he's not an international player and <laughs> that he'd be there for the first day. <laughs> Jeebus. Uh, anything that you picked out of that first day of testing? They did the whole Leeds Carnegie thing last year as well, didn't they? Is it just like a, a thing that they do where it's like they keep they keep the university busy? Leeds Carnegie? How outdated are your references? Well, excuse me, but on the photos on Twitter, it, the big Carnegie sign came up. It's probably, well, maybe... Maybe the, that campus is the Carnegie campus of Leeds oh, Beckett. 
it was nice seeing Robin's goatee. Furpo still got his tash. Robin Cock looks uh, like he's got a lovely tan. He's definitely been oiling well, up went, somewhere, hasn't he? He went to like the Maldives or something. He posted some paradise pictures from paradise to heading. I mean, he, he, part of you just thinks, oh man, footballers, they've got it so nicely, aren't they, at this level where they can just jet off to the Maldives. But to be fair, they were run ragged by Bielsa for a long period of time, so they'd probably deserve it. It's, you're right, though. It's such a weird time because this is this like you look at the pictures and like, oh, I think that's Ian Pervader with Tyler Roberts and Strike. And there's our new signings. And the internationals aren't back, but we've probably sold all of them. So it tells you absolutely nothing about the way the season's going to go. You can look at it and you're desperate to pick bits out. And literally, all you can go is, yeah, quite like the turquoise. I'm not sure that's why. I'm not sure why um, Jesse Marsh wasn't being tested. They're not test managers. Is that not the point? Well, in looking through this uh, gallery, I also watched the Marco Rocco's first day video, which I'm sure Rocco's watched 12 times. When they get down to a uh, medical room and they get the calipers out to do your fat testing, I was, I was, squ- I was squirmishing. It was like, that's horrible. Like they're there, stick the absolutely buff, like a mega athlete, and he's there having to adjust it to make it a little bit wider, and I'm like, oh, God, they don't make them big enough for me. So uh... <laughs> what's that Simpsons episode where they've got him on a treadmill, like in a sort of sport, sport science lab? They just keep him on it running, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> just his fat swabbling around. But uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be me. Those videos are like, and it's no criticism of the bloke, but it's just like, it's it's us trying to connect with fans and be uber professional and show that we're this high in club. And you, you're walking him in and I'm like, when he's going, and this is this is the GPS vests and, and this is where the gym is. And this is the, the boss has a room upstairs as well. And I'm thinking, he's come from Bayern Munich. This is going to be dreadful. He's like, you get in there and I'll give your family a tour at training ground. Just some random dumpy Yorkshire bloke who must be a lovely man. Like, he must be going, oh, my days. Oh, my days. <laughs> When's the next flight to Germany? So, yeah, that's that. That's my take on pre-season testing and our player unveiling videos. Uh, in other news... Calvin Phillips is going to Manchester City for £42 million plus uh, add-ons of up to £3 million, and we are giving them £5 million of that back for an untested uh, academy graduate. Thoughts? Mm. Have they forgotten the VAT? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're probably two, well, we're three days removed from this being announced and I think it was another one of those decisions that led to a lot of uh, an outburst of emotion because he always was going to do that and it's led to a split opinion amongst the fan base around a range of things. So where were you on Friday night in terms of your thought process and has that evolved when we're now sat here Monday evening? Um, deal's not still done, but it, uh, equally it's been done since uh, maybe this time last year, apparently. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, think? I had a uh, I had a drunken outburst on Twitter. Actually, um, I probably did take it too far. Actually, I was really angry. I think uh, I think the thing <laughs> the that annoyed me kind of outburst. <laughs> I haven't re- I haven't read this. I'm off to read it whilst you talk. I, d- I deleted it. <laughs> oh, Rocco! 
No, I stand by what I said, but it was just a bit too harsh. Um, I don't like spreading hate. But um, I think like the three million add-on is the thing that really annoyed me the most because it's just like, just inflames the situation. Like three million add-on, what the hell? Where's that come from? And also the lad for five million, that annoys me. That's like a billionaire going to a restaurant and just chucking down a little tip at the end. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, it's not no tip, and it's not a proper tip. It's just an insult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my uh, my actual point um, was uh, was that basically it, the situation reminded me of Bates. You know, when Bates was in charge of the club, our best players would be on a crap wage, and they'd run it down until they're at a point where he had to flog them for whatever he could get. And you know push comes to shove, that is actually what's happened in this situation and, and it's going to be happening in the Rafinha situation. So, yeah, there's parallels there and and I stand by that. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and I think a lot of it comes down to how highly you rate Phillips and I rate him very, very highly. Um, 42 millions from the richest club in the world is just not enough. I think it's a joke fee. Ultimately, is the player in any way, shape or form to blame here in the fact that supposedly this is the only place he would go to? He wanted to play for Pep and that creates a situation whereby the richest club in the world can go, yeah, we'll give you uh, 25p and a packet of crisps and that's all you can take. You take whatever they offer. Possibly, but it's it kind of all, com- all comes back down to Calvin and that's the... We, we, we've reaped the benefits of Calvin's integrity for years and he's he's carrying integrity into this as well. And, you know, a lot of players, when they move on from a club, they will game the system and try and get as much as they can from it. Calvin is just like, I want to go play for Pep Guardiola, probably the best manager in the world. He's going to further my international career. That's kind of it. And he's, so, so he's, he's, I do respect him for it, but equally is causing us a bit of pain by us not getting a maximum fee out of the situation. So I don't know. It's a difficult one. Yeah. The longer, we, the longer we wait as well for other people, do we then miss out on targets as well? If that's what Man City are wanting to pay to get the deal done, do we need to quickly get it sorted so then we can start to rebuild? I'll put this to you as well. And, and I know that Radrizani doesn't have the deepest of pockets in the world, but in a day where, FFP is clearly an absolute joke. An extra 10 million, an extra 50, an extra 20, would it make that much difference to our budget of what we can do next? And because, I mean, that's all it would have taken to pacify the group of fans who are saying that this fee isn't enough. If, if it had gone fit for 50 plus, it, it mentally is different. 60 plus and people going, yeah, I think that's right. So, do, do, like, does it make a difference to our budget genuinely? Yeah, I, th- I think that is a good point. Um, and that's something that sort of calmed me down a little bit. Um, yeah, does does it really make that much difference? And, and then, you know, you look at it and 42 million is basically exactly what was spent to get Aronson, Christensen and uh, Rocker through the door. Um, and if, if those three are all good and good enough for the Premier League and, and play well, then, you know, it, it's, that sort of makes sense. This yeah. was always the model. We were told this, that this was going to happen, um, and it's happening. And now we've got to see whether the gamble pays off. An interesting side note, I told my wife, who has absolutely no clue about football, really, like 
that we were selling Calvin Phillips for forty-two million pounds, and she said that's an insane amount of money when there were football clubs during the pandemic who were laying off their staff because they couldn't afford to pay their wages. So it does depend a little bit on your perspective about what the money is actually worth for things, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say about the you know this is the model that we've been sold that leads to uh, um, you know doing. Um, but then, you know, there was one team in for Harry Maguire and Leicester screwed Man U for 85 million. And he obviously wanted to go there. So, yeah, you know, you, it's it's what about her in. I don't like that. But, yeah, you just look at other clubs and you just you just think we've we've just been, you know, just too too soft, really. But I think, play, I think clubs seem to have a historical place within the marketplace as to what they have to pay four of the players and yeah. what they receive when selling players and Manchester United or whatever James calls them are in a position where they have to pay a premium. They equally don't make a lot of money out of players either, do no. they? Um, they you know, the, their, their model is not that they buy at the top where they've got fully developed players that can just drop into a team. Ironically, in the last decade, Man United have not made that much money off players, but they did make 10 million off Dan James. I think it's the most they've made out of any player. <laughs> well played, Leeds. Yeah, because we put ourselves into a situation where we're the idiots in that. We, <laughs> exactly. we, 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 were, we were sat at a poker table and all our cards were firmly out for <laughs> everyone to see for about three years. <laughs> so uh, there was no negotiation there. It was just, all oh, right, yeah, we'll have uh, them. All right. Uh, how much is that? Oh, sounds decent. Yeah, checks written. They they could have shifted the decimal point another way, and Marcelo would have still uh, gone eh, two fifty. Yeah, go on then, no problemo. So yeah, basically, I think by next week this will be a done deal. Let's briefly talk on Rafinha. Thirty million from Arsenal plus ten million of add-ons. You'd have liked that bit because it was a much higher percent. <laughs> That's just a Mickey take, isn't it? Yeah, it's insulting to Rafinha. I mean, I, you know, he's got to think, well, you know, that's what they think I'm worth. It's farcical. I, I don't even know what to say. It's just beyond pathetic. Maybe that's how little respect they've got for Leeds' negotiating skills. It's always been in the back of my mind when Rafinha first joined Leeds was that there was a comment about the, the fee being quite low, wasn't it? Do you, do you, does anyone remember this? I'm sure, I'm sure Rafinha mentioned that it was a low fee and... Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, there's there something that sort of irked him about it, and it made me think, like, hmm, what does that mean? Like, does does he does he expect more? Because obviously, you're going to get more money when you sign for more money. It's like as a an initial payout. So, it has made me sort of think the whole Barcelona thing and trying to wait out for them that he might shift to someone else. He might go to Arsenal because it is more money essentially. So we'll see. It, there are so many clickbait reports with no backing to them where you can read a con I, I've read in in waiting to come on here two reports one saying Arsenal now believe that they could get him for 15 million left less because Deco reckons that Leeds will accept 50 million not the 65 they're saying and then other reports saying Arsenal have now signed Jesus and of and therefore don't have the funds and have ended their pursuit of the Barcelona target, making it easy for Barcelona to sign him on the cheap, knowing that that's the only place he wants to go. All of that is basically conjecture that you can, I could, you could write a report based on any of the stuff. It's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because if it doesn't happen soon, he's getting on a plane to Australia. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, well, then what do you do when you're out there? You know. Uh, then we've got him basically, haven't we? Until at least Christmas. Was it the summer when we, when we went to Australia when we took Calvin out there when there was all the Aston Villa links? And I was thinking, man, well, you know, unlucky. You're in Australia. Good luck getting that done. So, and then on the incoming side, few heavy links, and then again, few denials. Rocco's looking smug because he's uh, signed someone for us, basically, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, the the, the ball is now rolling on, uh, uh, what's his name again? You can't pronounce it, can you? Um, well, when I read it, I didn't think it was the same person that you'd been saying, but apparently, <laughs> apparently it is. That so. French lad. <laughs> The French lad from Strasbourg, yeah, he's uh, yeah. The, the links have been made, so yeah, must be uh, must be in the offing, ready to get on his private jet and be stalked all the way to Leeds Bradford. And um, currently on Waco, there is a, a healthy and as healthy as it gets debate about the merits of re-signing Gianni Alioski for the season and oh, um, <laughs> Leeds United obsession with Leeds United fan base obsession with signing former players someone else someone said if if we said that we're going to offer someone who's about to get relegated from the saudi league 40 to fifty thousand pounds for a year a 30 year old left back the pitchforks would be out and i'd say fair point that is completely true just because you can't write a mistake that we made a year ago by just undoing it a year down the line and expecting that that fixes it because there's so many other Things have moved on. Oh no! I've joined the debate by accident. <laughs> let's play for. Let's play going for goals. That'll cheer us up from the doom and gloom around the club. Let's hit the theme tune. Going for going for goals. Lovely that, Paul. Well done. It's because you said you're off to bed in eight minutes, so I'm just whipping through it. Okay, so this person was born in Stoke. I'm making a rule as well. You've got 10 seconds to answer. Oh, my God. And then we move on. You really do want to go to bed. (laughs) Born in Uh, Stoke. Phil the Power Taylor. Robbie Williams. Played for two teams in his career. Phil rushed and under pressure. It's hard, isn't it? Um... I, I want. I want I, mm. two teams. Bloody hell! Jim Baglin. Incorrect. Pass. Lives in Harrogate. Ooh. It's not Danny Mills. It's not Nigel Martin. It's not Paul Robinson. It's not David Prutton. Sorry for outing all the Harrogatonians. Uh, <laughs> it's not Micah Richards. Or is it? He didn't play for two teams. Anyone the played Stoke. for Leeds. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, he played for Leeds ten times. Hang on, is this a, is this clue three point? Oh yeah, you've gone way beyond ten seconds. <laughs> not it's not Willem Corsten because he only played for Leeds six times. No, what the hell? Ten um, times. Do you want the last one? No, Carl uh, Dickinson. Nope. That's a great stab in the dark. We just wrote yeah. a book on League One. <laughs> last clue, last clue. Okay, so I've just thought of another one just to tie this into my regular occurring theme. Uh, he missed out on the permanent signing of Willem Corsten and he was sacked on this very day on the 27th of June, 20 years ago. 
What? David O'Leary wasn't born in Stoke. David O'Leary was born in Stoke. You're joking. (laughs) That's unbelievable. No one would have ever got David O'Leary. But that's a. You should have said loves Rocco and meeting him. (laughs) Well, that was good. I mean, if by some chance you didn't get it, I was going to say big fan of Rocco and his book. (laughs) Then we could have. I mean, then that could have. That didn't really narrow it down, did it? There you go. David O'Leary. Hang on, so you said that you had this last week. Did you change it for the anniversary or did you know in advance? Was it a coincidence? I I picked David O'Leary thinking it will be actually a tough one to get. Uh, And then there's a few things like the bonus. So I thought, yeah, definitely using this. And then when Phil Hay wrote his article for 20 years today, I was like, perfect. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Best ever. That means Matthew and I got our season tickets 20 years ago. Oh wow! Uh, we had all the hope around the World Cup that, like, it was a rubbish end to the season. But I didn't expect O'Leary to get sacked, and then, um, then we sold Rio, which I mean that that again felt cheap at the time for what we'd done with that. They had our pants down there as well, and then we went into that season with Terry Venables. Oh. It was just like it wasn't what I signed up for. No, but still there, twenty years on. Are we, well, we're kind of we're better off than where 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 you started, sort of. All right. Yeah, I I I meant I'm still there. <laughs> I am still attending these games with Matthew twenty years later. In the same seat. Nope. But it's all not right. the original though, is it? Uh no, it's well, it's in the same stand. Mm. We're we're on our third seat to be fair, but we've been in this one for a long time. I don't know. It's not a decade. We moved further back. We we were down a bit. Anyway, this isn't very interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's 20 years since I got my first season ticket. Thanks for that little nostalgia trip. You're welcome. Do you, I feel like uh, we sort of brushed over the Calvin chat earlier. I feel like we should yeah. talk about him more. Well, we've got four minutes till bedtime. Well, I, I think that... Why don't it, we talk about his replacement? Pascal Strike. <laughs> <laughs> Pascal and Robin Cock getting in early on first day of uh, pre-season testing to vie for the Calvin position. Mm. Strike Cock. I bet they've been tampering with the calipers, haven't they, Paul? Make make it look like everyone else is fat who comes in after them. Those calipers made me reassess my life choices. They were they were enough to go, right, that's it. No more chocolate, I'm done. You're going to be having, like, sweaty dreams tonight, aren't you? <laughs> ah, ah, calipers, ah. <laughs> That like genuinely, if anyone ever whips out a pair of calipers on me, I'll 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 cry. Yeah, I think it's worth. I think when we do properly sell Calvin, it's worth having a good chat. Like I I we could talk through the deal, but ultimately, what you want to talk through is the memories, isn't it? I was there at that Wolves game at his first game, and if you could have said then, you know those moments in life when you go say if you could go back then and tell you what was about to happen across the thing, you'd never believe it, and that's definitely one of them because he's done like what a journey he's had to this point and obviously friend of the show Calvin Phillips I don't begrudge him it whatsoever no I think that's um, all I was getting at was that we brushed over it I kind of wanted to practice some gratitude because yeah, it's been awesome money. it's been phenomenal and again this day last year I went to the England game 
uh, England Germany at Wembley. Saw him in a in a in an England shirt, and you just think, bloody hell, you know. Uh, it, no one imagined it. I think we all there was a point in the championships where we all dreamt that it could be a possibility one day. But again, seeing him in the flesh in an England shirt was brilliant. So this day two years ago, we beat Fulham three 0 in a behind closed doors game in the uh, championship. And if you watch the seven-minute highlights video, four minutes of that, despite winning 3-0, is just a bit of the Bryn and Tony romance. They're just having a chat about the how weird it is with the... It was so weird when you watch anything now with no fans. What a strange time in football. Yeah. They, they're not real games. How could, so much was decided on them yeah. in the entire season. It's mad. It's yeah. absolutely bonkers. Well, even that England game was... That was the... Biggest, Partial, yeah, yeah. It was like fifty-five thousand people were allowed in. It was like the most had been allowed in in every year or whatever it was. So, yeah. Calvin once liked one of my tweets when uh, it was it was the beginning of the season after he'd made his debut, our first away game, Bristol City away, and he anchored the midfield and he was brilliant. And I tweeted about how good he was, and he liked it, and it really, really made me pleased. You want to get that screenshot and in a frame, rocker. Yeah, uh, but he is, he is a good lad. When we, oh yeah, he he will do anything for anyone. And I don't know where he gets the time. He's a genuine. I don't. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. You can tell that he's a wonderful, grounded person, and he's going to go and make the most of a, an amazing opportunity at the point in his life where where he needs to do it. So he, if he actually is a Leeds fan, as he says he is, that it doesn't stop him being one of us and supporting the club. It's just his job is to go and be the best at what his job is. We're lucky to all have uh, the ability to continue to watch him playing for England and supporting him in in that sense, which you don't have with all the players that move on in in that kind of way. And some people are Leeds United fans. Some people are football fans. If you're a football fan and you enjoy watching football outside of watching Leeds United, watching Manchester City at times is a, is a real pleasure. So watching someone that you've admired and seen grow go and fit into a team like that, as long as they're not playing Leeds United, I'll enjoy watching Calvin play football for these next few years when he's uh, playing for Manchester City. And then we can uh, enjoy him being linked with us every single summer and winter for from 2029 through to 2035. Give it three years, he'll be back. There you go. So, uh, what's your favourite Calvin memory? Go on, before we go. Well, I've already given mine. Can't get better than him liking my tweet. What on the? Do you want an on the pitch memory? No, one where he's out on the lash somewhere. <laughs> well, he said a tweet. Obviously, my favourite Calvin memory is when we interviewed him because that was a really special uh, thing for us. But um, <laughs> I, no, but, I did. I did mean on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. But you've just reminded me of. Uh, I watched part of the 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 interview back the other day, which anyone, if you've not listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's a good episode. He's a good lad. And um, there's a bit where one of us puts our hand up to like, just get in the next question. Cause someone was feeding off whatever he was saying. And Calvin like stopped as though he's been like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like a naughty oh. child. He's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> he's like really apologetic for it. Bless him. Uh, made me laugh. I'm going to go with, because it's the first thing that's come to my head, the centenary goal. Yeah, that's mine mm. as well. Mine's the uh, half volley pass at Burnley out to Harrison. God, that was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was good. I think Birmingham for me, I think that was such a... Because again, in, that, uh, in the interview, actually, he said, 
I don't even know what I was doing that high up the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's true. Like, why was he? Why was he up there? But you know, destiny carried him up there. I think so. It's a great moment for the club and great for all of us. Beautiful stuff. Sometimes God puts things in the right place, as Marcelo said after that game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't let's not go down that path because that's too upsetting as well. Right, let's practice some gratitude on Marcelo. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's not a hard one. That's what it is for some people. Oh, we were last episode we were talking so much about him uh, potentially getting the Bill Bow job as well, and that, mm, that, that right. happened. As someone who has had many job interviews and put in a weekend's prep and then felt soul-destroyed when you've when I've not got the job and I felt like I've wasted a weekend of my life, he's watched 380 La Liga games to prepare for that job. That's the bit I'm devastated for him for. He's, he's not watched it on double speed either, has he? He's probably slowed it down. He was no. watching the Academy games as well. And then also like to put himself out there in front of the whole world. And, and get knocked back. God, yeah. I can't feel any more sorry for that man than I did. Again, it's like, it's too it, much. It just makes me love him even more. Can we create a club to get him to come and manage? He won't have to watch many games because there's no history of it. Should we just pretend we're the presidents of a new football club? Yeah, and we've got a project. Yeah, and we'd like him to watch. What games would he watch though? Oh man, this plan's fallen down already. Exactly, that's what I said. We'll, we'll find some <laughs> tapes of something. We need to, we can get get a consortium together to buy Harrogate Town. Or maybe we should aim lower. Harrogate Railway. <laughs> you, just, you just trashed your ambition really quickly. There's still no videotapes. And we, and we wouldn't need a consortium. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. I hope that this time next week we can come to you with some positive news. And uh, obviously the news may be that both Rafinha and Calvin have gone, but let's see what we're going to do with that money. If you are looking for content in the meantime, and you haven't listened to any of our earlier episodes, if you go, this is actually around the time of our three-year anniversary. In those first few months, or even the first season, we were doing some monthly shows where the, if you've enjoyed the Going for Goals feature, we did features along those kind of lines that was based that didn't require you to be in and amongst the, the goings-on of the club at that time. And if you're interested in the goings-on of the club at that time, go and listen to any of the match reports because uh, they're all there. You can hear how wrong we were about so many things. That could be your summer. Enjoy it. Other than that, I hope you have a lovely week. Take care. Network.